Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. For more information, visit storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. I love coming to Podcast Movement. That actually created its own networking opportunity, believe it or not. Podcasting is pretty cool. I mean, I'll be very frank. I'm looking forward to the party tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Podcast Movement Sessions. I'm Ted Woods. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today for season four of the show through interviews recorded on site in Orlando and audio ripped directly from the podcast movement stage. We're looking back at PM19's society, culture, and advocacy track. We've spent the last several weeks with content creators discussing trends and insights into the power of community, the work of advocates versus journalists, and the growing diversity in podcasting. This is episode eight, our season finale. If you're just joining us, thank you so, so much for that. But in order to really give yourself the most full picture of Podcast Movement 2019 possible, we do recommend you listen back to our previous seven episodes. Today on the show. As time goes on, I see the audience expand. One podcast changes the trend so drastically. All season, we've been looking back at Podcast Movement 2019. In our season finale, we'll discuss podcasting's evolution in conversation with veteran creators, including longtime hosts of the Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast, Tracy V. Wilson and Holly Fry. It sort of feels a little surreal when people, you know, talk about our numbers or whatever. I'm always like, we're just doing the same stuff we've always done. How did we land here? Join us as we look ahead to the future of the podcast medium. I don't know, young people don't read anymore, right? So it's good. They could just put on their headphones and like go to the gym and listen and get all this information in a really accessible way. As we begin our conversation surrounding podcasting's continued evolution, let's turn to an interview I conducted backstage at Podcast Movement with two industry veterans, Tracy V. Wilson and Holly Fry, co-hosts of the Webby award-winning podcast, Stuff You Missed in History Class. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We are the co-hosts of a podcast called Stuff You Miss in History Class. There's a lot of people here at this conference who are brand new to podcasting. But you guys have been doing this for quite some time, right? This show itself, over five years, like six years, or how long? How When did this it... The show itself is like 10. Yeah, the show itself is 10, but we joined it, it as... Almost hosts. seven ago. Yeah. yeah. So we have been the hosts of the show for more than half of its life. And we have been on it since 2013, and it's 2019 now. On Podcast Movement's Society, Culture, and Advocacy stage, Tracy and Holly led a session they titled This Episode's Surprise Vexation, Encountering the Unexpected in Researching Your Podcasts. Our podcast is really research intensive, and it also overlaps with like a lot of social issues that affect people today. Does that like apply to, does anybody else in the room have like a podcast that is in some way connecting to things that might be sensitive for people? Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about starting one maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, how many of you who just raised your hands have had that moment where you unearth something in your research and you go, oh no. Yeah. It's not a fun feeling. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting to have to deal with this today. 
The session was meant to, quote, share Tracy and Holly's experiences with dealing with the surprisingly difficult, including tips on how to make sure you're getting the whole story. In addition to co-hosting Stuff You Missed in History class, Holly is an executive producer at iHeartMedia, where she helps scout and develop new shows for their ever-expanding podcasting network. Backstage at Podcast Movement, I asked Holly and Tracy about their perspective on the evolution of podcasting. So I'm curious about how uh, you've seen the evolution of podcasting firsthand because you've been involved in the industry for so long. I'm curious, uh, how, how does it feel now compared to it did then? And I'm sure that's obviously a very vague question, but I'm just curious if you could give me a very specific answer. And, and uh, uh, We were just talking to someone earlier about this at the iHeartRadio booth, which is that from the inside, it feels exactly the same. <laughs> like at the end of the day, we still are doing like our 20 to 30 hours of research a week and madly trying to write a show each and sitting in a dark room talking to each other about history. The rest sort of happens out side of our personal, you know, work and experience. So it, it sort of feels a little surreal when people, you know, talk about our numbers or whatever. I'm always like, how did, we're just doing the same stuff we've always done. How did we land here? Yeah. So. A thing that I've noticed, like our show has always been part of a company. We have always been doing it as part of our job. The, our company ownership and structure has changed hands a number of times over the years. But we've always been like part of a corporation that was doing podcasts. And there have always also been a lot of independent podcasters and independent podcast networks, which are a very different model from what we're doing where there is a, like a corporation involved. Uh, and a thing that I have noticed more recently is kind of an increasing division between the more corporately oriented podcasts and the more uh, independently independent individual podcast creators and independent networks that are really focused on the idea. I have this sort of fantasy world where we find a way that these ecosystems can interact more and, and not feel quite as divided as they currently do. Having co-hosted Stuff You Missed in History class since 2013, Holly and Tracy have reached millions of listeners worldwide and have regularly charted in Apple Podcasts' top 10 lists. When I sat with the duo backstage at Podcast Movement, I was curious to hear their view of podcasting's growth as an industry. Well, it's a little weird because it's like, yeah, when we started doing podcasts, our podcasts weren't really monetized. By the time Holly and I were doing shows, there was some ad stuff that was happening on a pretty limited basis compared to what it is now. Um, slowly, companies got interested in advertising on podcasts, and then we as podcasters had to figure out how do we work with ads within the context of our podcast. So uh, we have seen that whole progression. The attitude about listeners toward ads has stayed kind of unchanged through that whole time. Like we still hear from people who are mad that there are ads in the podcast. Um, we also hear from a lot of people, especially if somebody says that to us in public, there will be a lot of people who now will come on and say, I like having a free podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, th that is another thing I think, um, in all media, I think most of the audience base is savvier than ever before. Like they understand a little bit more about how things are made, what goes into 
producing a podcast, even if they don't have one, which it seems almost everyone does at this point, which is sort of the wonderful democratizing nature of podcasting. But there is a different level, I think, overall of understanding. And part of it is because it's a medium that talks about itself a lot. Uh, a lot of television shows don't just like casually have asides about like how they wrote the script, but those can come up pretty naturally over the course of a podcast and, and it doesn't feel weird. And so there's a, a level, like I said, of savvy and kind of understanding of what it is, which is why we have listeners who will advocate and explain to somebody that says like, why do you have ads? And they would be like, if there weren't ads, Holly and Tracy wouldn't get paid and they wouldn't <laughs> be able to like have servers to hold the shows. Like they're so quick to understand yeah. exactly how the business runs uh, that it's, it's an interesting thing. It also gives us an additional responsibility to not treat them like they don't understand it. Part of having a savvy audience, having to painstakingly account for how said listeners may respond to the information you're giving them. Something Tracy and Holly again covered on the society, culture, and advocacy stage at Podcast Movement. I want the show to be accessible to people who don't agree with me politically. Like there are definitely people who are not interested in our podcast, but like there are lots of folks that are willing to listen to the podcast and to, to be open to learning things, but maybe you're going to come from a more uh, defensive place in terms of issues like racism or anti-Semitism or people that maybe, maybe you're going to feel defensive about that kind of stuff. So like, I don't know that there is a, a line that would satisfy everyone, but like, that's, that's my goal is to like simultaneously respect people and not drive away people who are at least willing to learn from it. Yeah, my rule of thumb is if we're getting a balanced level of complaints against people from both sides of the equation, we're probably right where we need to be. Um, <laughs> uh, because we're trying to be as straightforward and honest and not schlocky as we can about every piece of information. Like We're talking about history because it's important and the things we talk about are, are things people haven't seen or heard necessarily before. It's a version of the story that you maybe didn't get. And so... Uh, like I said, if we're if we're uh, riding the tide properly, probably someone on either side of it will think we have done it wrong. Um, you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Yay. Thanks for coming. Holly, Tracy, thank you so much for hanging out with thank me. Thank you. Oh, our great pleasure. Thank you for having us. Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. If you've ever been in need of a quick soundbite, B-roll clip, template, or graphic, you've got to check out Storyblocks. All the music and sound effects you hear in this show came directly from Storyblocks. I've been producing podcasts for several years and oftentimes finding the perfect music clip or sound effect can be really tough, especially when you're on a budget. You know, clients... They'll come to us with feedback that changes major aspects of a show, and we don't always have the time we need to go back into the studio to re-record a needed piece of music or sound effect. That's where Storyblocks comes in. Whether you're working on a podcast, just like I am, or a video series of any size, you'll immediately have access to an unlimited library over 1 million assets strong. Anything from Storyblock's massive library of high-quality footage, After Effects templates, music, illustrations, and sound effects is yours to download with their unlimited all-access plan. Use your downloaded content anywhere, including on YouTube, 
all content is royalty-free for commercial and personal use. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with flexible subscription plans that scale to meet your needs. And remember, Storyblocks is always adding new content and making regular product updates to give you the best experience possible. To learn more, head on over to storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. That's storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. My name is Dan Franks. I am the co-founder of Podcast Movement. My name is Jared Easley, and I have just finished the last day of Podcast Movement 2019, and my feet feel like they could go another three days. Curious what if you uh, had a favorite specific moment maybe uh, on the floor or maybe in a conversation at one of the after parties or in preparation and pre-production wandering around or talking to your team because I know a lot of the team works remotely so do you have any specific memories jump out at you? Yeah so mine's going to be completely counterintuitive and anyone that's at the event won't forget this but anyone that wasn't here maybe didn't hear about it or couldn't experience it but we had um, for the first time ever an emergency alarm go off in the middle of the conference in the middle of sessions we had just started the second session on the very first day so the second block of sessions all of a sudden the the strobe lights start flashing and the alarm starts going off and their pre-recorded voice says evacuate the building and all these emergency doors start shutting and it was like it was craziness then the way that our team handled it um, the team at the hotel all of our hired staff all of our volunteers um, just kind of was sprung into action and helped people get out um, the puppies you guys mentioned uh, the people were helping the puppies uh, we have child care at podcast movement there was 20 kids with um in, in a daycare here and they were you know moving swiftly to evacuate all the children all the speakers um you know clearing over 2500 people and puppies and, and children out of a venue and like five minutes later the place was empty then they turned off the alarms, said everyone go back in, and like full circle within 15 minutes, every single speaker had picked up right where they left off. All right. <laughs> Thanks again for coming to Location, 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 reporting on criminal justice from the ground. And we didn't hear one speaker like complain that, oh, we didn't, you know, you didn't extend the session so we could get our full 45 minutes of stage time. Everyone just like almost like it never happened. And I'm sure some made jokes about it and some tried to just pick up where they left off. Like that is- I know, I'm like, is that for me? Is that like yesterday? (laughs) Do we need to run out of this building right now? You know, it was just amazing, like, again, from an event planner's perspective to see what could have been a really, really bad thing that could have really damaged the event and could have been dangerous had it not been a false alarm um, become something that now people have a unique story to tell. And those that were on stage um, can talk about the time an alarm went off and the, the whole crowd evacuated and then they picked up where they left off. 2019 marked year six of the Podcast Movement Conference. As Friday drew to a close and stages, booths, and tables were being torn down, I sat with co-founders Jared Easley and Dan Franks to discuss the overall growth they've seen as the conference has evolved from a Kickstarter campaign to the world's largest gathering of podcasters. We are in Dallas the first year and we had uh, 550 people. So, um, you know, quite a bit, quite a bit of growth over that, um, you know, more than five times, I would say more than five or almost five times, uh, growth. 
the cool thing that we've heard from those people that have been here since the beginning, they still feel like it's a small community. So, you know, even though there's uh, nearly 3,000 people instead of 500 people, uh, just the, the feeling is still like we're all in this together. We're all one big you know, community of podcasters and podcasting. Um, and to me, that's kind of the cool thing is that while we've grown in size and numbers, we still have maintained some level of, of community feeling. Since 2016, Tenderfoot TV has done an incredible job at creating compelling content for their ever-expanding audience. Their team is responsible for award-winning podcasts like Up and Vanished, Atlanta Monster, and To Live and Die in L.A., among others. Backstage at Podcast Movement, I asked Tenderfoot TV producer Meredith Stedman about shifts she's seen in society as podcasting continues to grow. As time goes on, I see the audience expand. Like I think for a while it was kind of like a restricted age group and, you know, mainly commuters and yes, people with iPhones. And now there's, you know, more apps, there's more shows catered to different audiences. Like as the creator sphere grows, so does the listenership because they can find what they're looking for, I think. And I think that's something Tenderfoot's really thinking about right now is, okay, we've been catering to a certain kind of audience for a while. How can we dip into different markets? How can we make shows that are really interesting for people of color or listeners over 50? Or, you know, um, how can we do something that actually caters to both of those audiences at once? And so I think that's something we're being really mindful right now about like not just servicing the general podcast listenership, which I think for a while was like 18 to 40 professional commuters. Like it was like the, you know, biggest track. And now we're like, how can we really dip into other places? While discussing podcasting's evolution, Justin Ling, host and producer of Uncover the Village, spoke to the reactive nature of content he's witnessed in the ever-growing true crime space. For better or worse, Justin credited one show in particular for podcasting's latest content boom. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really reactive industry. I mean, you know, one podcast changes the trend so drastically. You know, the first season of Serial created the genre of true crime podcasting, right? And I think to a lot of to a large degree, that was to the industry's detriment, right? Like, I think a lot of the spinoffs that came from that weren't all that thoughtful. You know, the first season of Serial, I think, was really innovative and different. But I think looking back, I, I would only imagine there's a lot of stuff that they would change. I think you can you can see that from the, the third season they did, which is so much more analytical and thoughtful and sort of wide scoping. Um, you know, the first season was very cut and dry sort of crime reporting, um, admittedly about potentially a wrongful conviction. Uh, but I think what it spawned was a lot of podcasts that tried to do, um, you know, try to pick apart cases and tried to, you know, play armchair detective. And I think a lot of the times that's not all that helpful. And I think it, it turned a lot of true crime into sport or entertainment. And I think that's really, in some cases, really damaging. And I think it has created um, a class of sort of amateur journalists who want to go play cop. And there's, there's, there's a time and place for that. It's not always bad, but I think there, it, there are examples of it, of it not being helpful, potentially harmful. But I think now it's almost coming back around. I think we're kind of, we're kind of course correcting and noticing that that trend may have gone off the rails a little bit. <clears throat> and that's where the, the advent of, of you know, ethical true crime, I think, comes from, is this thought that you know, we can do this, we can take this format and make it even better and um, you know, bring humanity and compassion and empathy to the way we do these stories, but also 
underlying systemic problems in terms of the justice system, in terms of um, criminal investigations, in terms of society discrimination, you name it. I think the podcast industry is really reactive in the way that um, other formats aren't. You know, I think as a you know as a relatively small community, we see where the ball's going and we're able to sort of um, move based on you know where we think things are going in the right direction or the wrong direction. 70 million, an open source podcast dedicated to telling stories of criminal justice reform here in America, is arguably one of the best examples of a show pushing the ball in the right direction. Backstage at Podcast Movement, lead editor Jen Chien spoke about her perspective on podcasting's continued evolution. Jen noted that she's seen a dramatic expansion in podcasts dedicated to social advocacy. There's definitely been a growth in I in the segment that I would say 70 million sits in, which is podcasts that are aiming towards criminal justice system reform. One thing I'm really proud of with 70 million is that we were able to partner with um, with a with a company called Edovo that um, puts media on tablets that actually go into some prisons. They're a a vendor at some prisons. And so we've had folks inside be able to listen to our stories. Um, We've also had a lot of interest from professors at various colleges and universities who've added the podcast to their syllabi, which is also super exciting. I think the growth of podcasts means that professors can consider it as a text, as something that they can use with their students, and hopefully it's accessible for the students. They don't, uh, I don't know, I don't know, young people don't read anymore, right? So it's good. They could just put on their headphones and like go to the gym and listen and get all this information in, in a really accessible way. Jen, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. As we wrap up our conversation about podcasting's continued evolution, I want to take you to the main stage at Podcast Movement for a crucial highlight that really lends itself to this discussion. When asked about his favorite onstage moment at PM19, co-founder Jared Easley told me about the incredible story of keynote speaker Patrice Washington. Good afternoon, Podcast Movement! Patrice, two years ago, came to Podcast Movement with no podcast. She came to the event. She learned what she could. She applied it. She took action. She came back a year later with a moderately successful show that was growing. She was a breakout speaker in Philadelphia. And then just literally exploded over the last year. to be here with you guys today. And so a quick look back. I came to Podcast Movement 2017. I had zero episodes which means I had zero downloads. That also means I had zero recognition in the podcast space. And revenue generated was a negative 2,200. I know my finance people are disappointed in me. It was a negative $2,200 because I invested in the ticket and a babysitter and a hotel room and getting down there. So that was 2017. But I also came in with a lot of intention about what I wanted to create. And I took what I learned in 2017, and when I came back in 2018, I had 50 episodes under my belt, 250,000 downloads. We were just crossing over. We have been listed uh, in Forbes as one of 15 most inspiring podcasts. And the podcast ended up generating about $36,000 in revenue. And that was in less than 12 months. 
and I come back this year as one of your opening keynote speakers, which I'm so proud of. 104 episodes under my belt, 920,000 downloads, and the podcast has helped generate nearly 350,000 in my business. Two years ago, nothing. And today, all because of what I've learned here at Podcast Movement, truly. And so I have to give my hat off to Patrice because I've seen her hard work over the last two years and she was the opening keynote and to to see someone go from being an attendee to two years later being on the main stage and have earned that completely is, is, is just a wonderful thing. That's exciting about our community. It's exciting about podcasting. Based purely on Patrice's experience, an attendee badge at Podcast Movement can have a profound impact on your life as a content creator. Before we wrap up Season 4 of Podcast Movement Sessions, though, I want to play you the closing wisdom that Patrice Washington gave to that packed house at PM19. And so final words of wisdom, don't despise small beginnings. Keep taking the next best step. It doesn't have to be a perfect step. It could be a sloppy step. But a step forward is a step forward. Period. And some of you are waiting for perfection. Progress beats perfection any day of the week. Ask for what you want. When you're clear about your intentions, you can ask for whatever it is you want next. As you're talking to people at these dinners, these lunches, these parties, don't just be partying and shaking a, you know, a tail feather and not saying like, who do you know? <laughs> who do you know? I'm looking for guests. Hey, give them a little something. Ask for what you want. Be okay with that. Ask for what you want. Because no is not fatal unless you make it. The worst they can say is, I don't know anyone and you're weird and I'm going to back away. So what? Dance on the next person. It'll be fine, right? Never compromise your integrity. If you know what you're passionate about and you know what you've been called to do and you know what your purpose is in this space, do not compromise your integrity. It will never, ever, 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 ever be worth it. It takes so long to build a good reputation and that can be just crushed in seconds. There's no substitution for a clear vision and hard work. I truly believe that. Chase purpose, not what's popular. And remember that waiting doesn't help anyone. Waiting to launch whatever it is you're going to do or whatever's next for you in your podcast journey, that doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the people. Figure out what you need to do and make it happen and stop waiting because the world is waiting on you. And my last thing is do one thing one million times. Not a million things once. You are going to learn so much over these next few days. If you try to go home and implement 15 things, you will crash and burn you will crash and burn. Take two or three things that really, really, really resonate with you and go all in. Give it everything you can. Put your full intention, attention, your calendaring, everything you can behind it because your consistency is what's going to breed success. If you keep switching from one thing to the next, if you do a couple things once and you don't get the results you want, that'll be your fault. It'll be your fault. Take two or three things and give it all you got. And 12 months from now, you guys will be doing amazing things. Three months from now, six months from now, right? But it's not from doing a million things. And I want to leave you guys the way that I leave my podcast every single Thursday. My true heart 
And my intention is always that you use this platform of podcasting to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment personally and professionally, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Thank you guys so much. God bless. This season on Podcast Movement Sessions. Coming to Podcast Movement is incredibly inspiring. Podcast Movement is doing a great job of bringing us together. It feels like summer camp, Yeah, honestly. (laughs) All eight episodes are available now. It's your look back at Podcast Movement 2019 in conversation with speakers and the organizers behind PM19's Society, Culture, and Advocacy Track. In order for any change to happen, we need to have uh, better representation for the people that live in our society. It's great to see more women who are at the helm and who are being reflected in content. It's great that something I care about so much has turned out to be seen as a kind of advocacy. Make sure to subscribe now so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. I want to sincerely thank everyone who's been involved in the show. All of our guests over these eight episodes have been fantastic. Everyone I met on the ground at Podcast Movement. Special thanks to Dan Franks and Jared Easley at Podcast Movement for taking a shot and bringing me onto this team. Huge thank you to Chris Hartnett and Shannon Poe who diligently worked to assist with this show's production and post-production process. Find Podcast Movement everywhere you social media. We're at Podcast Movement on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Remember, tickets are on sale now for Podcast Movement 2020 in Dallas and Podcast Movement Evolutions coming to Los Angeles in February. All interviews and sessions for this podcast were recorded at PM19 in Orlando. Podcast Movement is the must-attend event of the year for podcasters big and small. Meet like-minded creators, check out the latest trends in content and tech, speak with some of the biggest companies in the space, and maybe even record a season of a podcast for yourself. Find all the information you need at podcastmovement.com. Until next time, I'm Ted Woods. You can find me on Instagram at Ted Woods. You can find me online at producerted.com. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Movement Sessions.